Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens lost again, but that doesn't matter because Nick Suzuki is an NHL All-Star. We're going to talk draft prospects, including Mitchkov and his KHL contract, and everything else in the Friday mailbag, so stay tuned for that and more inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians. Our Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 759 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, and you can find us wherever you get your daily podcasts on your podcatcher, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Prime, wherever. And if you are watching us on YouTube, one, I apologize for the state of my entire face. I am very tired, but thank you for subscribing. Please make sure you ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new video here on YouTube or go live. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. I have in my gloating cabinet a bronze medal from a wild World Juniors Championship game. And by that, I mean I listened to it in the car on my way home from work. And joining me is my gold medal co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, I'd ask you about how we felt about the Canadians game tonight, but we're not going to spend too much time on that, unfortunately, this evening. No, and um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the state of my voice. Uh, I might be coming down with something, but we're going to, you know, people keep telling us, stop apologizing, stop apologizing. But you know what? We just think it's a courtesy to all of you listeners. Here's what. I don't want to talk about that, that Canadians game at all. There's so much to talk about with regards to the Canadians that we don't even have to get to the games. We don't. This is a rebuilding team, and, you know, there's a lot going on. Obviously, you know, uh, Team Canada won at the world juniors, we're not going to also focus too much on that because it's upsetting the way that, you know, it's being framed. So I'm not happy about that, but you know what? The players did well. I'm very happy for the Canadians prospects. I'm extremely, extremely happy with the showing that they've had over the course of this tournament. So if we look at the individual performances, it's great, but this is the thing with this Canadian season is that we have to look at individual performances, accomplishments, and there's one pretty, I think it's a huge honor, Scott, don't you? Yeah, and to, to touch on just the game for a second was it, there was a point of this game where there were four total shots on net, all of them belonged to the Rangers, and the period was almost over. The Canadians lost 4-1, Yol Armia scored his first goal of the year, which is great. Uh, outside of that, it was more of the same, and we'll talk about this at some point next week when I have time to actually compose my thoughts so that we are not editing a lot of this podcast with the words that I want to say about how they've played lately. But we're just going to shift to the good things and the individual good things that are happening right now. And that is Nick Suzuki has been named as the Canadians representative to the NHL All-Star Game. The fan voting portion of that has now begun. There's a whole list of things, but including you have to use the right hashtag, the player's full name or their Twitter handle. You have to sign up for an NHL account and everything with that. But it all came down to one of two people with this. We either thought it was going to be Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki. And being the captain of the Canadians probably has a little bit of pull that goes with that. 
And this is to not say that I'm not extremely happy for Nick Suzuki because I am because Nick Suzuki rules and you all know that we love Nick Suzuki. I want to see Cole Caulfield at the NHL All-Star game because in all those skill competitions like accuracy shooting and everything, you got to get the small goals boy in there because it's what everyone demands right now. And we need the Cole and Nick bromance at the All-Star game for all the video content that entails. I actually thought it would be Cole Caulfield. Not that I don't think that Nick Suzuki is deserving. We've had lots of conversations on this podcast about Nick Suzuki being deserving of the praise that he gets, the accolades that he gets, the status that he has. Um, And I do think he's an all-star player. And again, like, as I said, it it is quite an honor. I know a lot of people don't take the all-star game seriously, but it's, it's an honor, you know? And so I'm very excited for Nick Suzuki, but I was surprised that they didn't pick Cole Caulfield over Nick Suzuki this year, partly because Nick Suzuki went last year. Also, Cole Caulfield has this like massive campaign going on, goal campaign going on, that I think, you know, this is the perfect, this is the perfect time to send him. You know, what if he has a slump next year? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think he will, but I just I felt that it would be Cole Caulfield, but still, I'm very excited. And here's the thing, Habs fans. We should be working really hard to get Cole Caulfield into the all-star game. There's a mailback question related to this. It's coming up in a a later segment, but we need to do it. We need to like, every time I unsubscribe from the the NHL emails, I like an all-star comes around and I have to sign up with like all of my emails to like vote for the players I want. (laughs) Um, But that's what we're going to do. We are going to get Cole Caulfield into the all-star game because if he goes, if he doesn't go and some like Senator goes, I'm going to be really, really, really upset. I mean, they already said chalk, which is about like, is, you know, I know they have to send one person from every team, but like they sent like, anyways, they they do not need another Senator in the all-star game this year. I I don't think they ever need any senators in the all-star game. No, because there's not a falling down competition for Tim Stutzler to take part in. So like, we don't need this right now. I, I Caulfield, we should be easily campaigning to get him there or, you know, be small, score goals, vote Cole Caulfield, hashtag, NHL all-star vote. We will yes. tweet that out from our account. We will maybe, well, we should have someone make us a poster for it that we can just tweet out every single morning with the hashtag and everything to that. I don't know how they're tallying votes. Put it out and put it, put it there. <laughs> Hell, we'll put it on a shirt. I don't, you know, that'd be, we already have a B small score goal shirts at five, one, four shirts. So that counts a little bit, but I do think Caulfield at the all-star game just makes sense. He's made for that kind of thing. Dude can yes. shoot the puck. He can shoot. Like, put Cole Caulfield in the hardest slap shot competition because everyone's going to be these giant towering defensemen, and then you're going to have five foot seven Cole Caulfield in there, and it's going to be hilarious. And I think that's what the All Star Game weekend is about, despite what John Tortorella says, which I cannot repeat his show on this po- or his quote on this podcast because it will change our rating, and I don't really want to do that right now. Uh, so, yes, please, let's get Cole Caulfield in the NHL All Star Game. Let's get the video content. Let's get him in these competitions. Hashtag NHL All-Star Vote, Cole Caulfield. However else you want to do it. You want to take highlights and put it with it, go ahead. Laura, do you have any parting thoughts before we move on to our next segment? Yes. Um, just think of the Canadians' TikTok if they both go. That's, it's that's all I'm so saying. much content. Just it's so much content. content. And let's, is- let's, let's honestly, like really, realistically look at it. Cole Caulfield deserves to go to the all-star game this year. That's objective. And absolutely. I agree with that. And 
We are going to change our gears now because it is our last episode of this week, barring anything crazy happening, which... Um, Hopefully not, because I would really like to sleep this weekend away. Uh, yeah, they delayed the Canadian's injury report until potentially tomorrow, so the news might not be great. So we will deal with that as we go. If it's big and things happen, one of us will record a special episode uh, at some point this weekend. But we are going to change gears. It is our last episode. That means it is time for the Friday Mailbag. And we're going to dive into all of that coming up in just one moment. But first, today's show is brought to you by the folks at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want the fat and the calories, then you got to try out Built Bar. The holidays are over. It is New Year's time. It is New Year's resolution time. And let Built Bar be the thing that helps you achieve all of your goals, whether they're you know just eating healthier in the morning, having breakfast, something I forget to do all the time, in which Carly yells at me all the time. Built Bar is there for you, loaded with protein that's good for you and covered in 100% real chocolate. You got flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They have everything you're looking for with only 130 calories, less than 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein in each bar. And guess what? You can order them on Built.com. You can go to your local store like a Walmart or a Sam's Club and find them there. Everything that you need. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, chocolate, coconut puff, Whatever you could possibly be looking for, it is super easy to get your hands on Built Bar. So please check them out, Built.com. Build your box, put it all together, and let us know your favorite flavor. Folks, when you try Built Bar, you're not going to go back to anything else. I promise you that. Give them a shot wherever you can find them today. We are back, and we are Locked on Canadians. It is the Friday Mailbag. And before we dive into that, uh, please make sure you're also subscribed to Hattie Kalakash over at Lockdown NHL Prospects. World Juniors is over, but that does not mean that the, the prospect analysis is going to stop. Hattie crushes it over there. He covers everything you could possibly be looking for in prospects. So please go follow them wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, as always. And if you want to send us mailbag questions in the future, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Laura, I know we got a, a good chunk of questions here. Uh, what do we have starting in the mailbag today? <laughs> I was sitting here sorting through the questions, and then I didn't realize I was on mute. Uh, this is a quick email question from John M. Hey, guys, with the Habs recently forgetting what defense is, I've heard no blame for Robida. Is he getting a pass because of his inexperience? I think part of it is is that his the pass, so to speak, for him is that one, he is new as an assistant coach here, and he is at any point in time playing at least four rookies on defense at a given time. And now his best of them, Caden Gooley, is out injured. We do not know uh, for how long at the start of this podcast. David Savard just came back, and for all his flaws, actually looks halfway serviceable for his role on this team. And then the veterans just are struggling. And I think this is a, we can't fully judge on this year because there's a lot of dysfunction still within the team and the systems and efforts and everything else. Like we've talked about in other shows. I agree that he shouldn't be blameless, just like Alex Burroughs and Martin saying that we no one on this coaching staff is without blame for the way things are going here. But this is also a growing experience for a lot of them too. And that, Martin St. Louis is still a first-time NHL coach. Stefan Robida is learning. Alex Burroughs is learning. Trevor Latowski is learning at the NHL level here on the fly. There's going to be growing pains in the coaching staff as well, and this is to not make excuses for how bad it is. 
but I I want to chalk it up when there's a little bit more stability in who's in the lineup on a given night. Yeah. For me, the short answer is it's not his inexperience as much as it is what he has to work with that is getting him the pass. But I also think, much like we talk about with St. Louis, like this is an opportunity for him to get that experience that we're talking about that he needs. Uh, Ryan S. asks us on Twitter, if the Habs don't win the lottery, they'll end up picking in the 4-7 to seven range. If Mitchkov is available to them, would you want them to pick him even if he may not play in North America for another three to five years? This is such a fascinating question to me because before this season started, it was Bedard and Mitchkov, one, two, alternating here, there, here, there. And in what is a somewhat rare occurrence here, not a Russian factor like we used to see in the past, Russia's invasion of Ukraine actually has an impact in that people are not sure when their prospects are actually going to be able to leave Russia to come to North America. Like Ivan Fedotov was stopped trying to come to um, the U.S. and get to the Flyers and everything. It was stopped, and he is playing now, I believe, in Siberia is where he was assigned to as for hockey. Um, and... There's some there's a thing about active military service of people who are of age and everything like that. And it's a tough question because if I'm the Habs and I'm picking in the top five and that Panthers pick is not also in like that top seven, eight range, I don't know if I'm able to pull the trigger right away on Mitchkov. If there's a Leo Carlson there, a Diborski there. Um, I don't think Adam Fantilli is going to fall that far because his contract in the KHL, as Laura pointed out to me before the show begins, runs until the 2025-2026 season. That is currently three years from now. And the Canadians are likely looking for someone who is stepping in, if not that season, the season after that. And he still would not be at that time. And I know some people in the scouting community have seen a a little bit of a tail off in his game. He uh, was uh, loaned out in the KHL. I was playing for HC Sochi. Now uh, he went from one of the bigger clubs where he was getting like three and a half minutes of ice time a game to actually being a more regular piece in one of the other KHL lineups. All the talent in the world, extremely supremely talented, almost arrogantly talented in that's what I want on the Canadians. The hardest part about this is, is that he's not here for at least another three years. And there's just so many other mitigating factors that you look at this and go, unless you have that other pick in the top 10 there, I don't think you can pull the trigger on that right away. Cause is the Canadians, they need a stable piece here. They need someone they know they can build on in the near immediate future. Three years is not the near immediate future in terms of rebuilding. Three years is almost a lifetime in some cases. And this isn't to say that I don't love Mitchkov, the player, because I do. He's so good at hockey and would be a great addition. If this was before, if this was a year and a half ago and you asked me this, I'd say absolutely. Now I'm not sure. It all depends on where else the Canadians draft picks end up in this and what else they end up with. Uh, after the trade deadline if florida's pick is also in that top 10 absolutely if it's not then i kind of hesitate a little bit right now 
And I will probably change that once I actually get a look at more of the draft prospects and stuff in the class that are outside that top, you know, five to seven range. Yeah. I mean, here was my thing is that I got asked about this on the last mailbag that I did. Um, and I said that I wouldn't do it, but that Gorton and Hughes are way more bold than I am. And I completely forgot that Florida isn't doing that well this year. So there's a possibility that they'll get another really high draft pick in that first round. So uh, real quick, I want to run through a couple of questions from Boondoggle because um, these are from a couple of days ago. Uh, one of them was, is it time to buy out Armia? Scott is under the impression that that's probably what they're going to do this offseason. Um, trying to get Dodonov going is a waste and let's glue him to the fourth line. Not sure what the Canadians are going to do about that. I do think that is like they're not going to do that because they want him to play well so that they can trade him away for anything. Um, and then real quick in that Canada versus Slovakia game, uh, one of the best games I've seen in a long time. Yes, it was a really good game. But when Canada needed a face-off when they left Beck on the bench, please do me a favor and sound off about this on the podcast. It's funny is that after one game of losing crucial face-offs and getting bailed out by Connor Bedard being an absolutely generational talent, Owen Beck played a lot more in what was eventually a gold medal winning game. Hockey Canada is frustrating like that because Beck should have just been on the team in the first place, but we already had our, our say on that. I think he will be arguably captaining the team next year. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case, especially if he continues to develop like he has. Um, but as of right now, Canada kind of learned that Owen Beck is someone, you know, maybe we should have trusted him in the first place, even if it's just for those crucial faceoffs and eating up defensive minutes, that's your guy. And there's, there was literally no one better in the OHL than he was last year. He said so himself and had the numbers to back it up. Um, while I'm a bit sad, the checks didn't win the gold medal just for a change of pace. I am happy to see Owen Beck and Joshua Wah wearing gold tonight and funny hats as they celebrate. Yes, I think, uh, Scott, we're going to move all the other questions to the next segment. Yes, uh, we will get to the rest of your listener questions in our final segment, and that's all coming up next. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. As always, if you want to send us your mailbag questions for future mailbags, you just want to ask questions or give, you know, constructive criticism at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. Literally the only rule. Just don't be a jerk. That's all we ask. Laura, what else do we have in our mailbag today? Our good friend JD has two questions, one with a follow-up. One. If you were stuck in a life or death situation, like let's say a plane crash on a deserted island with a Canadian's player, who would you want it to be for the best interest of both your survival? I, I know what the follow-up question is this. So I'm not going to spoil my answer for that. I was going to say Carrie Price because if there's one person who knows how to, you know, hunt and forage and take care of himself outdoors, it's Carrie Price. Um, Shea Weber is gone. Um, oh boy. Um, it's none of the young guys on this team. That's for sure. Um, oh man. Like I want to say Paul Byron, because I feel like Paul Byron has like the know-how of how to camp and like take care of everything out there and kind of keep a level head. But like no one on this team is really like I'm outdoorsy and rugged and like Carrie Price and Shea Weber actually were. So I guess I, I'm going to default to Paul Byron on this for right now. Okay, so mine is going to be Arbor Jack guy because he would fight a bear and win. 
right? Like, let's say we were somewhere with like predatory animals, like he would he would deal with them. So the other possibility for me is like, we talk so much about cerebral cerebral. So like, Nick Suzuki might not have the size and the brawn, but he has the intelligence to kind of get us out of situations. But I would I would certainly pick Arbor Jackeye. I'm just imagining like you got like it, you're stranded in like the tropical desert and it's just Arbor Jackeye just punching snakes in the face <laughs> repeatedly. So like, don't no, don't do that. And just punching a friggin boa constrictor over and over again. <laughs> it's not doing anything because the boa constrictor is 30 feet long, but it's hilarious to look at either way. Yeah. I would feel in safe hands with Arbor Jackeye. So are we ready for the follow-up for this? Yes. Uh, which player would you feel like you aren't surviving an hour with? Brendan Gallagher. It, <laughs> it, 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 any of these things where it's like, who do you not want to be in this crucial high-pressure situation? It's like, it's Brendan Gallagher. Because here's the thing. He's super clutch on the ice, but he, he cannot get out of any kind of mess. In his, like real life. his thought process is like Pac-Man running around the maze trying to avoid the ghost, but you just suck at the game and you and it just you panic during that. He he seems like a nice enough guy, and there's a reason why he's a fan favorite. But if I were to be stranded with Brendan Gallagher, I think I would just take my chances, like trying to figure it out myself. Longtime friend Johnny S. Should we try to John Scott Arbor Jack guy into the All Star roster? Onto the all-star roster. We can't do it for Caulfield since the Atlantic already has six forwards named to the team. You can get you can get Cole Caulfield named to the all-star team. I, I mean, if not, yeah, Jack Eye is the guy I would want to do there just because I think, one, I think he's got that cult following uh, around the NHL at this point. One, because of his name, and two, because he beat the crap out of Zach Cassian and takes no crap. Um I'm still going for the Caulfield thing until I'm like definitively sure that I can't vote for Cole Caulfield. So, uh, but locked on Canadians fandom here. If we cannot vote Cole Caulfield to the all-star game, we are taking all of that energy and we are devoting it to putting Arbor Jack guy at the NHL all-star game. That way he can pile driver Brady Kachuk during one of the contests and no one will say anything. A goalie droid asks us, what wildly unrealistic trade would you like to see Hughes make before the deadline? Mike Hoffman for like pre-RV. That's the thing is like, I can see the Oilers actually doing that though, because they're run by an idiot. Um, My thought was uh, Anthony Beauvillier actually seems like one that might happen. Brock Besser's up in the air. My thought was wildly unrealistic means I want Sidney Crosby as a Montreal Canadian, but hmm. Oh man. I now I've got Oilers on the brain and I want to trade for Jesse Puyarvi again because I where there was smoke, there's fire earlier. Um hmm. I'm trying to think of who has a really bad contract. The Canadians will trade for JT Miller. But but they will get Vasily Podkolzin and a second round pick in return for getting that contract out of Vancouver. It's not a and then they price. get Mike and then they get Josh Anderson, who is just handsomer JT Miller. So this is true. No, he's better than JT Miller. Um, okay. He's more useful. That's like being like, yes, I stepped over this bar that is embedded into my floors. Like, JT Miller yells at his own teammates and thinks he's doing a good job at playing defense this year. 
Like he's George Santosing his way through like a Vancouver Canucks season after he got $56 million. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I don't want to get too far into JT Miller. Cause we went, we, we had a spiral earlier this season of like people keep, keep, who kept asking us about um, JT Miller. And who's the other guy that they kept asking us? Who's the useless tree? Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers. Um, so <laughs> like we got into this, like, I don't know why there's so many like people asking us about like these Canucks players, but like Tyler Myers, that Tyler Myers, uh, Myers, like cycle of like multiple mailbags where we had to talk about him. That was a little bit hard to do with a straight face. Um, but that's how much we love and respect you listeners. We will ask all the questions in good faith. We have a question from Dylan C. Hey guys, I have a question for the next mailbag. Given the recent rut the team is going through right now with blowout losses, do you think this management regime will be extra aggressive in the coming weeks to make a trade, not necessarily to try and fix the season, but just to show they're not going to sit on their hands and watch? I, I do think there is something coming down the pipeline here a little bit is that they've they haven't won in a long time. Everyone's get you can see the frustration settling in at this point that Martin St. Louis is fed up. The young guys are fed up. Everyone's getting fed up. And this is the kind of thing that boils over. They might have a game where it's just they might lose, but they're just going to fight everybody. And then things get back on track because losing and frustration can only go on for so long. And I do think that Kent Hughes is actively looking for a way not to just jettison people, but just to bring in fresh life and maybe give some of these guys another chance elsewhere and maybe help alleviate some of this pressure here. And there are names around the league. We've seen Jesse Pugliarby's name in there. We've seen Brock Besser's name in there. We've seen Anthony Beauvillier's name thrown around before. There are opportunities out there for fresh starts and new possibilities for this Canadians team, because here's the thing. If they don't work out, unless you paid a lot for them, who really cares? You were already supposed to be bad. It's just, and I was going to talk about this last week, but it's like losing is fine, but you can't lose, look terrible doing it, and be boring at the same time. I'd rather they lose games 5-4, 5-3, where they have life than play like this. And I think Hughes and everyone else have the same mind because you can't build off of what is essentially nothing. This is true. It is absolutely true. Uh, all right. We have a lot of mailbag questions. Speaking of respecting all of you and giving you all due time, we only have time for two more questions. But as you know, we always, always, always pay our de debts. Like, is it the Lannisters that always pay their debts? Yes. Um, we are the Lannisters of the mailbag, but not of life. We're all um, going to die then. Why would no, you do not. that to us? I said not of life. I said just of the mailbag. We always pay our debts. So we are going to ask all of the questions we were asked um, in an upcoming mailbag in the next week or so. But we just have time for two more. So Boondoggle asks, to me, Jack Eye looks pretty good on the ice. He passes my amateur eye test, but I've read that his underlying numbers aren't great. Is that true? Also read that the Habs should trade him while his value is high a la Romanov. That seems crazy to me. How about you? I think they don't need to trade Jack Guy. No, and the article that suggested trading him is from a website that's less than reputable, so we're just not going to give them the clicks and tell you where to find that because that's irresponsible of us. His underlying numbers don't look great because none of the Canadians' defensive underlying numbers except for Kovacevic and Harris look great because they get mostly secondary minutes. Um, 
I, it's very hard for me to judge anyone's possession numbers in this season. And I try not to base everything solely on that because they're getting beat badly in games right now in a losing streak. Everyone's numbers take a nosedive right off, you know, a cliff there. So uh, I, there is time for that to come back. It's just a matter of finding that stability. We talked about like with Stefan Robida. Um, and then I lied. There's time for two more questions, but they're short questions. Again, from Boon- Boondoggle. Scott, Avatar The Last Airbender is com- comfort food for my brain. One of the best TV shows ever and hard to follow up on. Did you like The Adventures of Korra? I, I did like the I, I did like The Legend of Korra as well. Um, I'm actually in the middle of rewatching that right now because uh, I have a handful of shows that are, well, I need something comforting like, you know, Boondoggle said here. So the entire Avatar series is part of that for me because it's so well written. It's so well done across the board through all seven seasons in both, you know, series there. Well worth your time if you haven't checked it out. And then finally, we have a question from our nemesis who's been quiet for the last few weeks. But He's here's busy what being happened. a depressed Knicks fan who looks like Sami Zayn. This is so. the problem is that last Friday, right? Or was it last Thursday night? Um, I think it was last Thursday night while we were recording for the mailbag. Um, our friend slash nemesis slash I hate him now was busy becoming a literal meme before I became a meme. Like I will never forgive him for this. So um, if you watch basketball at all last week, uh, there was a, a situation where he was on television and he was mentioned as a depressed Knicks fan. And in the picture, he kind of looks like Sami Zayn a little bit. So I thought it was is the wild <laughs> part is that I thought Sami Zayn was there and thought that was the joke because Will's a big wrestling guy mm-hmm. and discovering that Will looks like Sami Zayn has absolutely shattered my entire reality, which is I'm sure going to make him so happy to hear this in the morning. Oh, no, he's so excited that like he's a meme before I'm a meme. He's like gloating about it and everything. Uh, but his question is, Will. Uh, which letter of the alphabet has the coolest animals under its banner? Oh, man. Like, are we counting dinosaurs, too? Like, or no? I mean, dinosaurs are technically animals, right? Yeah, so it's like, I would say like T, because you have, like, Tyrannosaurus Rex, which are really cool, and, like, I already drew a blank on a second animal under the letter T. Um, I'd say B just because there are a lot of different bears that you could fit under there as well. Um, I know he probably has one in mind. That's going to be something absolutely weird because that's exactly how will rolls with things like this. I, as always, I usually default to anything related to bears. So I'm going to go with that. Anything under B. Okay. I'm going to defer to what you just said because I'm still seething that I couldn't even think of an answer to this question. Well, I... just go to a bunch of Habs game and act depressed and maybe you'll get on TV. It worked for Will. so <laughs> It's not like it'll Habs be hard. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm just so like, I'm not going to get over this for a long time. Either way, that is it for our mailbag questions today. But just remember, if we didn't ask it today, does not mean we're ignoring you or we didn't get it. It will be asked in an upcoming episode very, very soon. And only after that can you yell at us for missing your question. Yes. And as always, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your daily podcast and on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed. Ring the bell so you get notified every time we post a new episode. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matlin. When you are done checking us out, 
Lockdown NHL prospects. World Juniors are over, but Hattie has you covered with everything else you need to know about the best prospects in the upcoming draft class and the best ones who have already been picked. So subscribe to them wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. And folks, we will see you all next time.